Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 39. Today I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with perhaps the most romantic, sex-positive couple I have ever known, Brendan and Erica. Okay, to be totally accurate, I've only met the husband in real life, so my sense of knowing them comes mostly from internet communication and this interview, but still... They are the best. We talk about all of the stuffs, and they are each open and enthusiastic and so at ease with sharing all the juicy details of their relationship that I just know you're going to enjoy every minute of this conversation. Okay, then here we go. Hello, Brendan and Erica. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate your time. Hi. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you both doing? Good. Pretty good. (laughs) Have you had a day off? This is eating into our sex time. (laughs) Same here. Um, (laughs) I did want to just thank you guys for agreeing to do this. It is a holiday weekend for us in the States. Um, But to just to jump into it. um, So just a little background on on how I found you, Brendan. I I do know you from real life. Very, um, only very mildly. We've only met a couple of times in person, I think. And that was many years ago. Yeah. Um, and Erica, I've never met you, but I, I did encounter your eyelashes at one point. Um, oh, did I leave them in your bed? <laughs> <laughs> they were in my bathroom because, um, yeah, Brendan and House sat or Kat sat for me. And uh, I think that was early on in your relationship because the two of you are married oh, yeah. now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that was um, within a few, like within a couple of weeks of us having met. Um, I think when we had sex in your apartment, that was like, the third or fourth time we'd had sex. Yeah, it was pretty early. <laughs> uh, and I should add, I was instructed that that was, that was yes. encouraged. We had permission. <laughs> yes, no, you absolutely did. There was nothing wrong with that. Uh, so uh, how long have you been married now? Almost three years. Three years. Yeah, it'll be three years next month. And how has your sex life changed since before you were married and now that you're married and an old married couple? <laughs> Um, I would say that it hasn't necessarily changed. I'd say that it has sort of progressed. Um, really it's, it's sort of developed and continued to develop in in a way that I'm very happy about. I I don't, I think it's been like a constant progression. All right. I know you did mention was, we did, um, we did chat a little bit, you know, via messenger. Uh, mm-hmm. And you said that there are some moves you pull on your wife that you would only pull pull after knowing her for seven years. Do you, could you expand on what those moves are? Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, let me see if I can think of something specific. Um, yeah, I want to know what these are. <laughs> what, um, okay, so in my past, I, I would say like my life is, is sort of divided into like the way I was before I met Erica and the way I was after. And so like before I would say like there was a great deal of kind of shame mixed up into my sexual identity and like telling the women I was with what I was into was a very like long drawn out, terrifying process mm-hmm. um, with a lot of hints dropped. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you watch a movie and like, Oh, look what they're doing. What do you think about that? 
Um, and then, and then like, you know, I met Erica and, and, um, and like, she, she was just had a very different approach to all of that. It was very sort of matter of fact. And, and so the sort of, um, not shame based, you know, like nothing I ever did or said seemed to like really ruffle her at all. Um, and even if it was stuff that she was like, I don't think I would want to do that. It was, her reaction was like, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and not like, ew, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and so that kind of environment just sort of left a lot of doors open, you know? And like, also when I met her, I knew things about her from her previous relationship that sort of set the tone a little bit. Like I knew she and her previous boyfriend had been in three ways and um, that, you know, she was uh, bi and, and had been with women. And so like, um, in a lot of ways I was more experienced and in a lot of ways she was more experienced. Um, and, and so that, that sort of comfort allows me to like be a lot more aggressive than I would ordinarily ever be with a person I wasn't totally comfortable with. Yeah. Um, rude, you know, um, <laughs> I, I remember the first thing that really threw you, it, it was on like maybe our third day. And we, uh, we were at a Middle Eastern place in, uh, oh, yeah. in um, somewhere in the East Village. And, and I made a comment. <laughs> and I made a comment to you on how cute the waitress was. And I, I realized just how far it threw you that it was okay for you to make comments about other women without me getting upset and like throwing a fit and being jealous is that I will make comments about other women and it's perfectly okay for you to do that too. Yeah. And like, I think it was more just like, that was a vibe. I had long been looking to, to, to get myself back towards. Like when I was in college at Sarah Lawrence, bisexuality was sort of assumed there. Right. And, and like you would be with a woman and like anything could happen, you know, <laughs> like, like you just, and then you leave that place and those rules change completely and people become so much more repressed. And then you're like, oh, my God, I can't talk about the stuff that I like. And then and then you're like, oh, wait, I can, though, with this person. It just kind of set the tone really early, you know. Right. So of like it being just less re restrictive. OK, so can you give me an example of something you feel like you're only comfortable pulling now that you've known Erica for yeah. as long as um, you have? Like I would order her to do stuff. Oh yeah. I, here's some good stuff. Um, <laughs> like the, the most extreme example of that would be like, we have sort of a standing understanding that if she's sleeping, I can like attack her sexually and penetrate her mm. while she's sleeping. And that's fine. Right. And I, I've never come close to anything like that with another person. Like, like sex had to be like, you had to apply for sex. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> yes i do know <laughs> i've had and a so like, yeah. like that to me is like that's that grew gradually out of like um it was okay to like wake her up for sex but not always to like yeah you know what wake me up whenever and then to like you know what you don't even have to wake me up and then it became like more of like a kinky thing hmm. you know and so like that but that's just sort of like that this relationship, many things have evolved like that, that would never have grown in another relationship because the beginning conversation never happened. Right. You know, 
So Erica, for you, is there, I mean, what are your feelings about the sex you're having in this relationship versus your previous relationships? Uh, well, this has definitely been my longest relationship and it's definitely the best sex that I've had. And part of that is because (laughs) part of that is because we've gotten to grow together and, you know, get to know each other, both as people and sexually. And I, I think that has only improved it. Um, the fact that neither one of us is really hung up about sex has a, a lot to do with it. I'm not sure I dated anybody previously who would agree to go on a podcast and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, so that means that, like, almost nothing is off limits we, as long as we can discuss it with one another. And, and Nothing's automatically off limits. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know. So as uh, a, a woman, though, I'm curious because um, – I mean, just from the outside, and I don't know if this is, you know, just given my own high level of sexuality or whatever, but like to hear you guys describe your relationship and the obvious level of sexual compatibility, like I can't tell you how heartwarming that is. Like I wish more people would not bother to even get married unless they had this kind of meeting of the minds like you guys do. But Erica, as a woman, like do you... I mean, is this something you feel is common? I mean, do you have friends that are of a similar ilk? Do you feel like your sexuality kind of evolved because of a certain thing or it was just kind of always part of your nature? Uh, I feel like it, it was definitely a little bit part of my nature. Like I grew up in a family that didn't really talk about sex that much. Like they weren't really religious or anything. It was just sort of a, something you hid from everybody else. Hmm. So it was something I didn't even start exploring until I was quite a bit older. And also I'm kind of a shy person. So weirdly, (laughs) (laughs) so so actually reaching an age where I was comfortable enough to have sex with people. Like I think I lost my virginity when I was 21, which actually seems quite old for somebody who is like I am now in my late thirties. But so um, yeah, it was a progression of something I started out being uncomfortable with. And I, as I got older, was kind of like, it's just sex. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, It's nowhere near as big a deal as people make it out to be. Yeah, And I've also, one of the things that I think helps me a lot is that I'm not a terribly jealous person. Hmm. Not at all. Which makes like the group sex and the like the various like three ways that we've had and even encouraging my husband to have sex outside of our marriage sometimes is it's just not unusual for me. And part of it is that I'm also attracted to women, but part of it is that I just don't see finding other people attractive to be a value judgment on me. Right. Like the fact that my husband finds other women sexy doesn't have anything to do with me. And it certainly doesn't make me less sexy. That's awesome. It's <laughs> very true. So, um, just getting back to the sex that you have too, because I do want to dive a little bit more into this yeah. since you guys are both willing oh, yeah. to talk about it. Um, yeah. So, Brendan, you did say, um, well, you, you did describe to me briefly a little bit of how you use language and speaking to each other during sex. Um, and you also said that you have not even told me the weirdest stuff yet. So if you had, well, I said that, I said that, and then I actually went and looked on your website. Yeah, and I hope I hope it doesn't feel nearly as weird. <laughs> when are you referring um, to I'm, something? I'm kind of blown specific? away by like by like the scope of your project. Um, 
but but like to answer your question, um, you know, so so it's sort of it's sort of part of that initial story I was telling you about, like how we met and, and evolved together. Like, um, I you know, there are things that I've always been into that I haven't really been able to explore with people in the past, or if I have, it was it was really um, sporadic and not super like delving deep you know yeah um and so like 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 for for instance like i've always been really into anal sex um and it's something that i i tried for the first time very early on um but then that's like super hit or miss when you're when you're meeting new people you know yeah um and you meet a lot of resistance and so also like i would never say anything to someone for like the first year you know so so either they would like drop something really dirty on on like a very casual sex date or it'd be a year before you mentioned that to your girlfriend you know yeah and and so that ended up being something that um i was and again like not in the beginning like it took several years for this to happen but then that was something that we brought in and and like the development of that has become something that is very gratifying to me. Mm. Um, uh, maybe you can talk about it more if you want. Like it's fairly unusual, I think. Like we do that pretty much only. The anal sex. Uh, yeah. 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 And yeah. At this point, it's funny because um, when we first met, I had not had anal sex before. Yeah. And I tended to shy away from it mostly because I'd only heard horror stories about how painful it was and and things that didn't necessarily turn out to be true. But um, I also had a rule <laughs> that I always used with men, which was when men would bring up the anal sex, I would say, you can fuck me in the ass when I can fuck you in the ass. Right. <laughs> that seemed fair to me. Absolutely. And every man that I pulled that on would be like, whoa, no, <laughs> how would you even do that? <laughs> so I was like, well, there's your answer. Brendan was the first guy that's like, okay, okay, that's <laughs> Whatever <fair>. it takes. <laughs> so does that mean you fucked him in the ass first? No. Uh, I didn't, actually. Has that I happened, wasn't... though? You you outpegged him? Um, um, not, not, uh, only with, only with her body, not with anything like she attached to herself. Okay. Uh, um, but, yeah, but, like, we haven't. You know, she didn't really play that card for a really long time, you know? Um, I think talk about taking people back. I think she wasn't really prepared for that. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so it's sort of, but she already sort of committed to that, like very matter of factly, you know? Yeah. And so it didn't really become like a deal per se. It was just sort of reevaluated the whole thing. And then like after it was, it was weird. It was like after like two years, she kind of turned to me and was like, I'm ready to try this. And I was like, what? <laughs> it had a lot more to do with the fact that you were willing to do it yeah. than even my needing to do it. And then I'd say like in the past like six months to a year, she's kind of explored that more with me and I've gotten kind of into it also. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it, that, and that wasn't the first time I'd ever done that either. It's just like not that many people were really interested. Um, and like, I guess I was also one of those people, you know, like I could take it or leave it. Right. Um, and, but then like, you know, you, you get deeper into it and you watch more stuff and, you know, like for instance, the way I was doing anal to women in the first half of my sex life was not how I do it now. 
And I'm sure if I knew then what I knew now, I would have much more success. Right. And, and, and like, so, so you learn, you know? And so, so like, yeah, I, I think that's sort of a product of our relationship is that we just keep everything open. And you're like, I mean, if you get good enough at doing that and it feels good, great. What no do you minutes. feel like you've learned since then? Are we talking about just foreplay or like clitoral stimulation or appropriate lubing? Like what, what are your tips? Uh, um, okay. So, um, <laughs> I would say, uh, well, the first mistake people make is they, they start, well, first of all, Dan Savage has covered all of this and I'm really just reiterating what he said. Um, but, but from my experience, um, your, your goal, it should not, you should not try to hit a home run at your first at bat. Like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. So like lead in, like if you're, it's one thing if you're with someone and they're like, I want you to fuck me in the ass. You're like, okay, great. <laughs> um, but if you're trying to get someone to let you do that to them, yeah. who you like, you know, and want to continue liking you, um, you, you have to, it's really a process, you know? Um, I mean, we started with fingers. She didn't really like fingers. We got some really small toys that worked a lot better. Um, we did just that for a long time, mm. um, like months. Um, and, and so like there was one trial way earlier where she was like, you know what, go ahead. And it was awful. Like, <laughs> like if we didn't do yeah. anything right, you know, and, and like, you're always hoping like, Hey, maybe she'll just love it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the weird thing is that is where we ended up, you know, yeah. but not that way. Hmm. All um, right. And so like, that was like a year or two went by after that. Um, and then, and then, you know, one day she's like, I think, I think you can just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it went like, like she had prepared herself so well that when we started, it was like right away an awesome success. And, um, she just got better and better at it. So Erica, when you, like, are you using outside stimulation while you're doing it? Like what, how, how, what makes it great for you in your opinion? Uh, often I use a vibrator while, while we're doing the anal, um, not always often. Um, I really, yeah, I really just enjoy the whole process. That's changed though. Like it certainly like was like, there was like the time when we did it like every couple months and it was like a huge ordeal. Yeah. And then like, it was like one weekend a month and it was like a lot of prep and then like, it was great. And then it was like every weekend and less prep. And then like it got to a point where it was like vaginal sex and it's ease of happening. Yeah. I found it much easier uh, than vaginal sex. Mm-hmm. I just found it to be. Um, it's more resilient. Seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like my vagina is more sensitive to like pain and and you can't, and you, we couldn't have sex as often when we were using your vagina regularly. Like there would have to true. be longer breaks. For um, recovery, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like we couldn't have sex and then have sex again four hours later. Interesting. Um, because like, and I, I mean, I'm, that's just a body thing, you know, like yeah. everybody's body is different, but it's weird how you, like, how would you ever discover that about yourself? That right. like, you know, like my vagina is sensitive, but my butt is not. Right. <laughs> Most people don't get to that part. So, Erica, have, are you able to orgasm vaginally? 
Uh, not normally. I usually need like a clitoral stimulation. Like that's happened a handful of times that I yeah. can think of. Yeah, it happens every now and then. If you're like insanely turned on. It happened once during the four-way when there was a, two women having sex oh, yeah. right next to us. Yeah. Like like touching. And I was I was in her vagina and, uh, and she came just from being overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was pretty great. And Erica, would you, do you feel like you have anal orgasms? How, like, what is it like when you get off when you're having anal sex? Uh, I find them far more intense, actually. Yeah, you come during anal. Yeah, when I, I do, I come during anal, usually using my vibrator, and it's way more intense oh, than, than most of the vaginal and intercourse you, that we have. Do you feel like you're touching the G spot or like there's the, the A spot now, I heard, and, you know, who yeah. knows what else is going to be I would, I would buy that Maybe. if you told me it. <laughs> now, I, I'm curious because, I mean, I, I have, it, it's weird. I always, when I'm having anal sex, what goes through my mind is like, and this is, I mean this in a pleasurable way, I feel like I'm getting touched in like the deepest, darkest part of my soul almost, but it's like so yeah. overwhelming and intense. But, yeah. um, and I found enjoyment for from it initially by, you know, also introducing a very heavy clitoral vibration. And I felt like the combination of, um, the body, like my internal parts being kind of sandwiched by these two sides of pressure were what resulted in this incredible orgasm where I felt like my vagina was weeping with joy. I have, I have, but I mean, this is great to hear though. I'm, I'm, uh, it's great to hear like other people enjoying something that you enjoy that you never really get to talk about with yeah, anyone because they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right? They're and fools. also, if they found out what you're doing, they just start crying. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other thing I, I wonder about, because I mean, you know, this is kind of a magical uh, partnership you guys have like so yeah how did you discover that you were on the same page was it something you just kind of sensed about each other very early on like did yeah. one of you just did like you brendan you mentioned dropping hints in previous relationships like was it a result of that or you know no, no i mean for, for me it so like right before i started dating her i listened to like 300 dan savage like I listened to Dan Savage everywhere I went. Like if I was walking or in the car, I was listening to him. Yeah. And I plowed through like the first 10 years of his podcast <laughs> in, in like half a year. Um, and it basically rewrote my brain hmm. in terms of my approach to, to women. And he emphasizes so heavily, go after the women you feel sexually comfortable around. Right. And not in, not scared or embarrassed or like you want to pretend you're someone else. You know, um, I have been going after like the most dynamic, crazy. When I say crazy, I mean like effusive, mm. vivacious, you know, uh, intense women. Um, and, that, and that just really wasn't working out for me. Um, because what starts as intense ends as super intense. Yeah. You know, and so what Dan Savage was 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 sort of advocating this kind of like don't get someone when they're totally fucked up, like get someone <laughs> earlier in that process, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and like, look, look for certain things, niceness, patience, um, good sense of humor. Like, like if you like sex, 
they like sex, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we sort of met under the umbrella of burlesque. And so like, that was already a place that I was sort of like hanging out and feeling like, you know, I might meet somebody right for me here. Cause, cause this is, everyone here is sort of already past the, are you hung up about sex test? <laughs> yeah. You know? it, it helped that we came through the burlesque community, which is really an, like an art form that's very sex positive. And so when, when we met through that, you don't meet a lot of people in burlesque that are, have a lot of hangups. Mm. So that was kind of right off the bat. We at least knew that. Do you feel like you guys started having sex with each other sooner than you have in other relationships or that was all kind of just a normal time evolution? Um, you know, like my feeling about that has always been, I always could have waited a little longer, almost always. Like, like, the, like I prefer really to know someone and be comfortable with them before I dive in rather than like have that silent pokey sex where you're like, no one's talking. Right. And, <laughs> Just like, uh, 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 okay, bye. You know, like, I can't do that. I get nothing out of that. Like, I have to be able to talk during sex, and if I'm not comfortable with the person, I'm too embarrassed to do that. Right. You know, so, like, casual sex has always been something I've kind of tried to avoid. And then, like, you know, when you're tending bar, it sort of finds you anyway. Um, <laughs> like, literally. Like, literally, someone will wait till you're done closing and be like, you want to come home with me? And you're like, ah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's 6 a.m. You wore me down. <laughs> uh, um, we actually waited a longer yeah. than Brendan was used to. I think it was, what, like the fifth date, maybe? Yeah, it was like two weeks. The fifth. Yeah. And, and just part of that was I, I never... I never tended to go home with or take men home that I don't know very well. And it's, it's not really like a slut shaming thing as much as it is a safety thing. Yeah. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm talking yeah, to a person who's now. not going to kill me before I bring them into my apartment. So yeah, it was about five dates, I think. Yeah. And like typically when you're dating in New York, women are either up for it or they're not, you know, yeah. like, like halfway through the second round of drinks, I feel like the woman's either like smiling at me, which I know what that means, <laughs> or like checking her phone, you know? So, and, and yeah, I'm sorry, so go like, ahead. But, but yeah, our relationship really started slow, sped up really fast. I think we were spending almost all our time together by week five. Hmm. Yeah, you you were living in the apartment. I had a key <laughs> by week. week was up. <laughs> you know what I found, though? is that he was a really good cook. And I realized that if I gave him a key, then dinner would be ready when it got ah, home from work. And that true. was awesome. <laughs> yes. that, that arrangement is, is still in place. <laughs> yes. She's a lucky girl for many reasons. So who asked who out first? We met at a burlesque show in a bar in the basement of the Delancey. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it was, there were a lot of uncharacteristic things about it. Like, she was sitting at the bar. I didn't identify her as someone I was going to like really want to talk to because she keeps a very low profile. And like I was ordering a drink and then like I think I saw her there and I, I often will just say hello to somebody and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and not like have a line or anything. You just be like, hi, or like, how are you enjoying the show or whatever? You know, because you're at a show um, for that reason, you know? Um, and then she was just friendly enough to talk to me and we ended up talking. 
for a while and, and we ended up talking kind of like for the whole rest of the show. And it's one of those things where you really, you get sucked into a conversation with a person without realizing it's happening. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you're not like, Oh my God, I have to follow this person. <laughs> it's like at no point do you feel like getting up and walking away. And, and, and so we hung out for that whole show. And then I took her to this bar where I, I knew, I knew people and like, it was a friendly bar. Um, and it's a really special bar that's not there anymore called Milk and Honey. Um, and, you know, you, you, Milk and Honey exists for that reason. You know, it's like a tiny six tables candlelit bar where they make your drinks like super carefully. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, so we sat there and talked for hours and uh, I didn't get her number. Uh, she gave oh, me a card and then the I number. Facebooked her. <laughs> and then I Facebooked her our, our friend in common and was like, for some reason, I was just like, your friend's really nice. That's like all I said. <laughs> and then she, of course, messaged her and said, yeah. hey, I got this message from this guy I know. He seems like, I mean, he's a nice guy. Uh, I think he likes you. <laughs> and that woman was like a very important person in the burlesque community. And so like just the fact that I knew her and she knew me was like a big deal mm-hmm. in terms of me not being a creep, you know? Yeah. So Eric, um, and then I asked her out by Facebook. <laughs> Classic. That's funny. So Erica, are you a performer or are you just an, a fan of burlesque? Uh, I am a performer. Uh, and I was back when we met, it was about 11 years I've been performing. Um, I've been on hiatus the last like year or two. And why is that? Uh, Partially, it's because yeah. I injured my back very badly, well, that had a lot to do with um, it, yeah. and I had back surgery last year, uh, which went great, and, and it's like super better now. Um, we've been moving a lot the last few yeah. years for, from state to state and, a few times, and we performed together, and so um, she's. We just sort of stopped doing that, you know. Like there was too much else that we were dealing with. Yeah. Um, but I very much now that my back is really healed up, I really would like to kind of get back into that for the same reason it's just a way to connect with people sexually right um you know and like isn't that really what we're all trying to do and yet somehow trying to stop everyone else from doing (laughs) or at least doing it on our terms yeah yeah when you do a burlesque show it's like it's like you're foreplaying the entire audience Mm. and like warming them up you know (laughs) and and presumably like whoever they're with they're gonna go take that out on and like it it's it's a nice feeling like it's it's like it's the same as cooking for people, really. Yeah. So when, know, I, I enjoy them both I for the same. That's reason. ultimately why I married you. Yeah. Because I can't really cook, <laughs> but I do like to eat a lot. And when you say that you're performed together, so Brendan, what exactly do you do in the performance? Are you also doing a bit of a striptease, or you're more like the MC, or? Uh, well, um, I I have I have done all of that. I, I'm probably most accomplished as an MC. Um, and as a duet partner, um, as sort of like, if you can imagine like the straight man, right. funny man situation, yeah. like, but like straight guy, sexy girl. Um, I also do a lot of the technical stuff. So like I'll edit the music and create props and like any special effect we're doing. And Erica will do like the choreography. Um, and we'll kind of come up and hammer out the concept together. Um, and so like our interests and skills really pair well there, I think, whereas like I can make a really good framework, but then I need her to make it beautiful, you yeah. know, um, and to like 
to make it to inject the magic into it. Um, and so, you know, it's like I do the skeleton and she does the skin as way I would kind of describe it. And we mix, you know, it overlaps. Um, but it's, it's huge. It's, it was a huge part of the, like the beginning of our relationship and what brought us together is just sharing that and, and creating together, you know? Yeah. It's so, really good. And Erica, how did you get into burlesque? What, what prompted it? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, I wasn't even aware like years ago when I was first living in New York, I wasn't aware that burlesque was something that still existed. I thought it was, you know, something from a bygone era. And then I wandered into the slipper room, which is a big burlesque club in New York one night and was just like, so amazed by what I was seeing that I became fascinated by like the whole aesthetic and was like looking up stuff online. And then I found out that there was a burlesque school and having been to a few shows, I realized I had a background in dance training and that they weren't necessarily doing anything that I wasn't capable of doing. Right. So I decided to start taking classes and I did. And after about six months, I would, I had my first time on stage and it just kind of went from there. It, I would say at the height of my performing, I was performing maybe two or three times a month. Yeah. Uh, you can perform a lot more than that. There aren't a whole lot of people who can make a living doing it, but there are some. But I'm not sure I really wanted to do a lot more than that. I never necessarily wanted that to be a career. It just seemed like the hustle and everything would be just too much. Mm. But I did enjoy performing. Do you feel like, how did your sexuality respond to it? Do you think the two are connected? Like, did you, do you feel like you became more open as a result of, of performing or, I mean, you know, was it just kind of like, this is just another way that you're expressing yourself and it didn't necessarily increase or change anything about how you were engaging with other people sexually? Uh, I think it had a big effect on, on like my sexuality and my ability to express it, especially without being as shy as I am, without being afraid of other people's judgments. Uh, I've never been that shy, like about my physical body, but that was really the first time that I was like taking my clothes off in front of large groups of people. And I remember the first time that I was in a dressing room and like a guy who was in the show walked in and I remember being like, Oh my God, there's a guy in here. <laughs> and now like, forget it. I'll whip, I'll whip my bra off in front of my best guy friend. I don't care. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's the thing is like, if you turn it around, like if you, if you use your modesty as a weapon, hmm. like, like, yeah, like I don't think about getting naked in front of people. I'm in a burlesque show. And what that means is I get, while I'm changing, I get to watch nine other people change. <laughs> That's true. And the only thing I have to do is be naked in front of them. Right. You know, if I'm not willing to do that, it's off. You know, but if you're, it's the same. If you're willing to be vulnerable, other people are too. And then you all kind of enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, there's more of a coming together than like a hiding. I agree. It's really a lot of fun. A burlesque dressing room is just an incredibly interesting and fun place. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> so, and, yeah, when you're less self-conscious about your body, you become less self-conscious about sex in general and yeah. like what you're willing to try and what you're willing to let other people see and how vulnerable you're willing to be in front of other people. And it's one big thing not to worry about, like. 
It's one big thing that everyone worries about that you can just skip. You know, like, like, like just being that, being that hung up or, or modest or ashamed of yourself or whatever. Just like, let's just skip that part. So Brendan, how did you, how would you say your sexual interest developed? Like, what was your upbringing like? Was sex something that was discussed openly as you grew up? No, no. Like my mom is a classic Catholic turned Protestant. Mm. Uh, um, And so like, there's, it isn't like the classic Catholic shame. It's all like uh, uh, subtextual, (laughs) you know? And so like, I just, it wasn't ever talked about. Like my dad is like, like you could never picture my dad doing anything sexual. You know, it's like, it's like trying to picture Captain Picard being sexual. You know how awkward that is? (laughs) I like to imagine Captain Picard is very sexual. (laughs) Like, like you, like it's got to have an appointment book attached to it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, so that's something I really, had to find on my own and I didn't do a great job of it. Like it was a lot of porn and like, you know, um, Sarah Lawrence was great. Cause like the women there were really wide open, you know, like not literally, but, um, like and then, but then you leave there and all of a sudden like, you can't talk about all that stuff anymore, you know? And, and so it, there's sort of like a, a, a retreating back into the cave. And then, like, several neg- sex-negative relationships where sex was a huge problem. And then that finally ending. And then Dan Savage and Burlesque and being like, all right, I'm, let's just come at this from a completely different angle. Right. What, I mean, you know, like, throw out everything you know, start over. You bring up Sarah Lawrence a, a few times. I mean, did, was your decision to attend that particular college influenced at all by, like, what your perception of... What, you know, like the experience would be, is it related to the women that were attending or that? Yes. Even, oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely. So um, I, I had no sex in high school. Yeah. Really at all. Um, and I wasn't too happy about that. Um, and so it felt like if I went to like a really progressive school that was three quarters women, it might tip things in my favor just a little more than they had been going. Right. Um, and that definitely happened. Like as a, as a straight guy on the campus of Sarah Lawrence, you did not have to do anything. (laughs) You would just be approached. You would be hunted down, you know? Yeah. And, and so it it really doesn't prepare you for life at all. So how, for both of you, I mean, because Brendan, you've talked a, a bit about, you know, the stark difference between the way people communicated about that and expressed themselves while you were in that college environment versus sure. outside of it. Like, what is it like for the two of you now? Like, do you speak openly about sex with your current friends or your family, like the people that you hang out with even more casually? Uh, family, no. <laughs> Unless they're like, people of our age group and um but for the most part no um I always feel like I I don't think sex is shameful I don't think it's something we should treat as shameful but I also don't think it's something you necessarily need to share with your parents or that they necessarily need to share with you and and often the people you're talking to don't agree with that statement yeah (laughs) um and uh, for me it's it's kind of a big problem in my life like my default state is 
just wanting to be this way and talk about it. It's like I talk about MMA because I love it and I want to talk about sex just as much. Like, what are you doing? What am I doing? Like, are you doing something that I would like to be doing that I don't know about? Right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and then like, let, can't we just all sit around and just talk about it? Like, that's fun, you know, and no one wants to do that. So um, when you try to have these conversations, though, does it, is there just like awkward silence or somebody changes the subject or I mean, like what, what's the reaction when you're attempting to have these conversations? You know, like I have a lot of experience tr- trying to force my way up the bottom of society. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe that. Yeah. So like, so it, it's, it's, you work your way in, you know, like you look for your opening, you try and seize on something that someone says and see if they're willing to come a little further. You know, there's a scene in, in, uh, in the train wreck where she blurts out something like super sexual at a bridal shower. And this other lady is like, I have a huge dildo that I sit on. <laughs> like, just, like out of nowhere. Like, and, and she broke the seal, you know, yeah. like everyone really wanted to do that, but no one wanted to be the first. Right. And so like often I will try to like liven the conversation up a little, but at the same time, if you're too obvious, people are just going to run away, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of people though, who want to talk about sex, but are afraid to. And you're right. They want someone to break the ice. Right. It's like the person is the first one to fart. (laughs) And then everyone knows it's okay to fart. So I was the first one to part in our relationship. Yeah. And my (laughs) wife bought me a button that I wear on my jacket that says, I heart fart jokes. (laughs) I wear that around. And you know who is the ones that come up to me? Women Women come up to me and go, hey, man, I really like your button. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Because they can't fart. They're they're in a place (laughs) where they can't fart. Uh, you guys are adorable. Um, <laughs> I want to secret is just being super open with your mate. Like I'll give you an example. My cousin came to town and he's married to this woman. And I don't know a lot about what goes on in their marriage, but I do know that he's super anxious and repressed. <laughs> um, and so they, they came to town, they were staying in a hotel room and I'm checking it out. It's this gorgeous hotel room. And he's like, yeah, but there's one problem. And he points to the bathroom and it's like a glass door on the toilet. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And he's like, how are you supposed to take a dump in this room? (laughs) And I'm looking at him going, you can't take a dump in front of your wife. I mean, especially when there's a partition. It's not like she has to sit next to you while you're doing it. You're married. Like what the hell, man? (laughs) She's going to watch you die. Uh, they're probably and not like, having that's anal sex. Like, that's what I'm like. You know what? Like some people are just doing this wrong. Like if you can't be comfortable in front of your wife, why'd you get married? Right. I agree. What are you doing? <laughs> I totally agree. I want to talk more about the language that you guys use with each other. So, um, Brendan, you had described um, saying things like you're like how you're going to do something, and that Erica, oh, yeah. you'll say that I'll totally do that, but that the understanding is that you're not actually going to do it, but you talk about it like you are like, can you tell me more about the scenario? Yeah. So like, um, like one of the grosser things that we like to do is ass to mouth stuff. Yeah. And I I was less comfortable talking about that until I saw what some of the other people were willing to talk about. (laughs) And and now I'm, I'm really fine with it. Um, (laughs) you know, and so like, 
that's something that I would ordinarily be too embarrassed to ever bring up with anyone. Hmm. Um, and, but like, I know my wife well enough to know when she's up for it and when she's not, and I can order her to do it and she can say she's going to do it. And really it's kind of up to her whether she actually does it. Right. Yeah. But, but the, the kayfabe, like the, like the, the, the illusion is never broken, you know? Um, there's never like a, Hey, I don't really want to do that. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to do that. Do it to me now. And then I come, you know, and it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't um, happen. Part of it is, it's just like, even if I know that I don't want to do it, I'll, I'll keep telling him let's do it, but I'll keep making what we're currently doing like sexy enough that just, just hearing me say, I want to do it is enough. Yeah. So okay. like, yeah, if, if, if we go, like, if, if I think he's actually going to do it, I'll just encourage him to keep doing what he's doing now. And then he'll catch the hint right away that I don't really want to do that. Even if I don't but, say that, like, I'll be like, no, you have to do right. it. And I'm going to make you do it right now. <laughs> and I know that. I know you don't want to, but I'm going to make you do it anyway. <clears throat> you know? And like, when you can say stuff like that without having to necessarily back it up with action, you can say whatever crazy thing you want during sex. And that's really fun. And we do have like a safe word. We're not really big BDSM people, but we have like a safe word just so that we, you know, we can talk dirty to each other, but we have the ability to back out if necessary. Right. And And, she can say like, hurt me, abuse me, whatever. And like, I would never really be into that except in this, in this comfortable relationship. It's like, I'm not really a BDSM guy, but what I do kind of get off on is someone just totally submitting to me. Right. And like, and like, if they're like, I really want you to hit me. I'm like, okay, I'll hit you. I mean, me doing to you what you want me to do gets me off. And right. if that's smack you in the face, fine. Like as long as you really want me to, you know, like, I don't want you to kind of want me to. <laughs> Cause I'm not really comfortable with that physical of a role. Like, but, but if, if, if I know my character, you know, like if I've rehearsed a scene and I know my character, I can, I can play that role. Like I'm an actor, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. That's something that really sort of came out of just trust, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. it sounds also like you're describing like verbal role playing essentially. Yeah. It's yeah. very kind of like proto role playing, mm. you know, it's, it's not you're this and I'm that it's sort of, I'm going to act in a way that I never would. Right. And that's cool and fun. And like, we can be really derogatory to each other in those moments. And it's, it's within the context, you know, um, there's no, there's never any misunderstanding about that, which is nice. Very hard to get to a place like that with somebody. Yeah. It's a really long time. Yeah. There is definitely like a huge level of trust, like with the ask mouth stuff, like, if you ask me to like close, close my eyes and open my mouth, I'll do it. But I also know that you wouldn't do anything to me that I don't want you to. Right. Yeah. So there's that trust, which is. And that's hugely erotic. Like when someone gives themselves to you, it's just like, do whatever you want, but use your judgment. That's someone trusting your judgment that much is really awesome. Yeah. You know, like it's really validating and comforting and like just makes you feel like, like, you know, you know where you fit, at least then, you know, it's kind of the time in the world when I feel the most 
comfortable and like myself is when I'm having sex. Hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's the opposite. No, I relate to what you're saying. And to me, those are the most intimate and kind of special relationships are the ones where the sexual connection is such a safe space where like you can do any of those things and like you feel comfortable. Like to me, that speaks to being in a a good, healthy relationship just in terms of like how you relate to that person outside of the bedroom, you know, like the, I don't, I don't know that you could get to that point with somebody that you had a bad relationship really outside of that. Like it's not not really like that. Yeah. Like there are people who have stuff that looks like that. Yeah. But but it's different when there's woven in there that that's not supposed to be. Yeah. You know, um, I would liken it to like, you know, when you're in a library, you just want to scream, you know, you can't like, that's what living in society is like for me. Like, I want to be like, I did the most amazing thing last night, you know? Yeah. And no one wants to hear about it. But like (laughs) our relationship is a place where you can just scream every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and like, you know, figuratively speaking, you can, you can just unleash yourself. And not have there be negative consequences. And it's really important for people to have a space where they feel like they can totally unbutton themselves and and go back. Yeah. You know, and not have to really account for it with random people. That's huge. That's why people go to therapy, you know, just to have someone to talk their shit to who can't say shit about it. Yeah. I have a lot of people that that do reach out to me and do seem to just want somebody that can listen and talk about these things without, you know, expressing any judgment or or anything about it. Just be, you know, listen and validate them and be like, you know what, this is normal and it's totally fine that these are the things that you're interested in and that this is your experience and your thought process and all of that. So, go sorry, on. go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, I mean, this level of trust that you guys have cultivated, is it something that's the result of the, you know, the type of sex that you're having, like all sexually related experiences, or it, is it a combination of that and like conversations you're having outside of that? I mean, like, do you talk about sex in yeah, other it's times? Pretty much just woven into our life in a way that I don't think it is for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because like it becomes more obvious to me when I'm like, we should have people over and I'm like, wait, I can't do this, this, and this, if those people come over. Um, like Eric is naked most of the time when she's home. Um, just cause no, she's, I'm a nudist. Are you guys naked right now? Way. What's that? Are, Sorry? You guys, are you naked right now? Yes. <laughs> Both of you are just Erica. Just Erica. Just <laughs> I'm pretty much always naked when I'm at home. I'm just more comfortable that way. Yeah. Uh, that's not all, though. Oh, I'm also wearing a butt plug. Ooh, nice. <laughs> uh, she does that all the time, too. Uh, and, and that's something I would recommend to people, like, if they want to get into butt sex, like, get comfortable wearing a very small one of those for, like, an hour. Yeah. Um, and then increase the size until you're approaching the size of the thing that you ultimately want to use. <laughs> so, Brendan, what's the largest thing you've had up your ass? Um, there's a toy we have, um, it's, I think it's actually designed for men. Um, it's pretty tricky for me to get in there. Like it takes some doing, um, but, uh, it used to vibrate. It doesn't anymore. We can't find the cord. I think it's battery died. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but, but like, um, mostly it's her finger. Um, and I find that quite pleasurable. 
um, especially lately. Mm. And, and the interesting for me, like for me doing that, like what I enjoy most about that, and, it, and I think it's sort of similar to what you were saying that you enjoyed about it is like when that's being done to me, it is like someone is running electricity through my brain yeah. and I am not able to think about anything. <laughs> like I am, I could not physically cohere a thought about anything outside that moment. And, and that's really nice because my brain never stops working. And it, and it's really, it's really something that I seek out in sex. Like, and it's something that fucks me up during sex. Like I really have to use weed in order not to be distracted by my own brain during sex. Hmm. Cause I comment on things constantly to myself. <laughs> and so I have to get myself to a point that's sort of behind that to where I'm just experiencing and enjoying. It. And, and like, I'm just too nervous of a person to do that. And so like weed is huge. When I found weed, it changed sex for me. Like I could orgasm when I wanted to, um, you know, it was way more pleasurable. It lasted the amount of time I wanted it to, you know? Um, and so, there's that. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. What was the question you asked me? <laughs> no, I lost my train. Well, I was talking about what was the largest thing you'd had up your butt. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. right. Well, so like, so weed and then even more so that, like what I'm looking for in sex is just a break, like from thinking about stuff, you know, um, and, 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 and an awesome one, like an awesome break. Right. You know, I think it's why people skydive. You know, just because, like, you can't worry about your fucking car while you're skydiving. You know, like, I, I imagine that's hard to do. I've never been skydiving. So, Erica, I'm, I'm curious. So, the the foursome that you, I think it was a four where you guys were describing, mm -hmm. where um, you, you did have an orgasm vaginally, and, you know, that it sounded like, a lot of it had to do with, you know, kind of the sensory input of being next to other people that were, you know, turning you on, which to me says like a lot of that was a mental thing and not so much um, like a physical stimulation. How would you describe like the mental aspect as far as your enjoyment goes? And, you know, like when it comes to masturbation and intercourse, like, do you feel like it's largely a mental game or it's like a half and half physical and mental? Um. I would say it's largely mental, probably more, it's probably more half and half for men, but for women, I, I, the enjoyment of sex is largely a mental thing of being in the right place of like, if, if you don't, if you're not really in the mood for sex, you're probably not going to have an orgasm. Whereas with the man. See, like yeah, at, at age 40, whatever, like 43, I think, well, I forget what I am. You forget how old um, you are. I, for me, it's now like way more towards mental. Like I'm probably at like 70% mental. And it's like, mm -hmm. if I'm in the right frame of mind and I'm into what we're doing, like I'm super into it and everything's great. But like, um, my mind has to be really involved also for me to really participate and enjoy myself. Um, and that's something I have to really kind of work on. If I'm really distracted or worrying about something, I have to really make an effort to kind of put it aside. Um, so that I can focus on sex. And I think also we have sex so often that I'm always sort of up against my body to a certain extent. Like if I had sex every three days, it would be completely different than having sex every day. Um, and so I have to put a lot more mental energy into it because my body is like to take it or leave it. What is your kind of like the frequency of how often you masturbate and how often you guys are having sex with each other and however those things may overlap? 
I, I don't really masturbate anymore because we have sex every day. I, I guess I don't really need to. Um, I'm you, also, you do it while I'm making dinner, though. Like, I mean, like you do it in my <laughs> oh, presence. Well, yeah. Sometimes I'll do it just to turn him on. Yeah. Or to get, you know, to get ready for yeah. Like, like we'll be naked. She'll touch herself. Like I'll make dinner. We'll watch a movie. She'll. I mean, like, like I'm kind of always watching her play with herself, and so. <laughs> Because I'm always thinking. And the thing about it is, is like, I think a lot of people would enjoy that. They just, it doesn't exist in their world. But like, you know, like, I love nudity. And like, if you're going to throw it in the middle of a movie, what's the difference if like your wife's next to her just sort of caressing herself in the middle of a movie? Like, you don't have to stop, have sex at that moment, and then put your clothes back on. Like, you can phase in and out. And it just ends up like being a nicer way of being at home. That's true. A naked chick in the room makes everything better. (laughs) There was one friend we have who was our three-way partner for a while and is sort of like a member of our family at this point. Um, And when she was staying with us, she's the only other person who can play by those rules. And so she would frequently be naked. And like, it was really weird. (laughs) Like, not that weird. Just you're like, where am I? And what have I done? (laughs) It's kind of fun to come home from work and there's a naked girl on the sofa. Oh, yeah. And it's like, or two. Yay, naked time. You know? Or like for three weeks, there were two. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like writing my cousin. There's two women in my house and I'm required <laughs> to please the boat. Aw, life is so hard for you. People don't realize how tiring that shit is. <laughs> Believe me, I've heard plenty of men complain about having to keep up with this. Oh my God, like we have a friend who's married and he has like at least two girlfriends and his wife has like at least two boyfriends and I just cannot comprehend that. Like, like, do you have three, like you have 78 hours in your day? Like, Just the thought of that is exhausting. How do you know you're texting the right person? How do you keep three sexual text conversations straight in your mind at once? You should introduce me to these people. I'd love to talk oh, to them. Oh, for sure. And, you know, they would be great people for you to talk to. Um, they're, they're, they're even more interesting than us, I bet. Um, they're like people who are sort of introducing us to the poly scene in L.A. And, like, we're, like, really barely poly. Like, like I had sex with the person we banged together once alone. And, like, it was no great shakes. Um but like the the act of having done that was a lot more fun to be able to say like I banged a chick while my wife was on a trip. Yeah. She set it up for me. <laughs> yeah, you know that being being in that group is nice. But like I don't really need a lot of sex partners. I more get off just having it around me and like knowing about it and knowing other people are doing it. Like when we went to that orgy, we didn't touch anyone else. Mm. I mean, it was our first orgy. It was like a couple months ago, um, and it was like this, it was an orgy. Like, it was like a, 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 a dance and like a, a kind of like a prom, and then upstairs there's a big sex room that's like a Middle Eastern pillow room, you know? Yeah. And there's just piles of people um, and like writhing bodies, and it was incredible. We went in there and had sex, and like I totally would have touched other people, but I was totally into my wife, like, and pleasing her is like, takes a lot of my attention, you know, and, but just the smell of everyone. And like, you look out of the corner of your eye and it's just skin moving, Yeah, you know, 
made the whole thing so hot and I felt no urge to fuck any of those people. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you took one of my questions because yeah, you had mentioned that you had gone to this event um, yeah. and you were talking about too, like maybe being able to offer some tips for people who are going to one of these things for the first time. So, I mean, do you have any? Yeah, yeah. my, uh, we, you, uh, you can talk, but I would say my tips for the guy are, um, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Don't think about what you want to do there. Go with the attitude of it's a scouting mission, <laughs> you know, like yeah. go look and see everything and assume you're not going to do anything. And if you get swept up in it and it works out like, what? but like, but just assume like have in your mind that if I go, I see some naked people, maybe somebody fucks in front of me. I meet some interesting people. And next time I go, I know what to expect. That should be your mission. And you should feel very much that you accomplished it. If you do that, yeah. because when you go the next time you won't be nervous um, you know, you won't have to worry about your dick. You know, like you, you have an idea of what's happening, you know, and, and the not knowing is exciting, but it's also scary. And the, who's going to answer those questions for you? It's true. you know? Focus on scouting, like make yourself familiar before you put like goals and pressure on yourself. And that's all. Cause you never feel the way you think you're going to feel right. if you haven't been in that situation before. And Erica, is it the same for you? Was this also the first time you were attending something like that? Yeah, that was definitely the first time we uh, or I had attended anything of like that we size. We went to that sex club in, in North Carolina, but it wasn't an event. It was just sort of like a place that happens. Yeah, that and was just a club that was open was like every weekend. It was a pretty sterile experience. Like we didn't talk to anyone. We had a little bit of sex in a room and some people watched, um, but uh, it was not that great. I always have to talk to myself before we go to those just because I'm kind of shy and remind myself that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Right. I don't have to watch anything I don't want to watch. I don't even have to talk to anyone other than my husband if I don't want to. And um, once you think of those things and you feel more comfortable, and I, I do think it's a good idea to just kind of observe the first time you go, yeah. unless you're somebody who's really comfortable with strangers and with you know, it, you don't need any time, but I definitely need some time to get used to a situation before I can feel comfortable enough to yeah. have any kind of sex. I would tell people to remember that the overriding theme of that space is that you shouldn't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. And that it's always cool to do less and that you shouldn't feel like, Oh, like if I don't fuck someone while I'm there, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, no, like no is always fun. Like, like you, not being in the mood is a perfectly legitimate reason to be like, no, thanks. You know, you, and I think men feel like if they show up at a place like that, you gotta, you gotta do something. You know? Yeah. That's good. I certainly feel that way. And I have to, I have to, to, to correct myself out of that way of thinking. So when you, you guys know? had sex there and you were not having sex with other people, were you like close enough that like there was some grazing? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. There were people all around. Yeah. But there yeah, was no were touching a lot of people. Like actively touching them or pile. just kind of like rubbing along? Like how, how was the touching? How did that happen? I would say it was all kinds of touching depending on where you were in that room. Like for us in particular, since we weren't super engaging with other people, but I was like saying hello to the people next to me and being like, oh, you're really pretty. And like, you know, 
but then like you know i didn't even know what i was doing like i'm like are you supposed to do this, this rude? <laughs> like, you know like what kind of chick jack you make so then like we're kind of back into each other and then like you know my legs against some girl's leg or it might be a girl i don't know like like the guy she was having sex with was really kind of fair so like could have been his leg um <laughs> but yeah it's sort of just incidental i mean i think if we had been like hey can we climb on top of you guys like 70 percent chance they say sure no problem right it, it was very much a free-for-all and like it, it was yeah it was just like you, you've seen caligula like it's just people everywhere yeah. in every direction. You're looking at a face, you're looking at an ass, a dick. You know, this guy's, uh, oh, at one point I'm on top of Erica and the guy next to me has shifted to where he's pushed the woman's legs up and sort of folded her in half. Yeah. So her feet are pointed in the direction of my head and her head is also <laughs> next to me. And so he's slamming her right next to my head. <laughs> like, Two, like a foot or two away from me. That was really exciting. Like I, I, I really enjoyed that. It was like being in porn without having to like have cameras pointed at you and stuff. It was like being in the fantasy of the porn, yeah. you know? Yeah, I do. Versus like having to like go hire a camera crew. <laughs> right now, is there something in your mind that you've been itching to try or that you fantasize about that maybe you haven't shared yet or, you know, is like just starting to percolate that you'd like to experiment with? Um, yeah, I would like, you know, we've had a number of like three ways in the past and I would like to try the devil's three way with, <laughs> with another guy and my husband. I think that that would be really hot. Um, I would like to continue exploring more orgies. I think we've got some plans to go to a few more, um, just to get more comfortable with it and maybe engage with some more people and that. The thing about the orgies is they're where you meet people like this to hang out with as friends. like. Yeah. Like you can go to an orgy and be like, let me tell you what I did to my wife last night. And they'd be like, yeah, tell me. We're in an orgy. <laughs> you know, like, fucking A. And like, I just would like more hangouts where I don't have to like think quite so hard about. And, and most of the time, it's like, you don't want to make people feel bad who aren't availing themselves of this. You know, like, like if there's a guy who gets to fuck his wife once a month the way she decides. You don't want to tell him all about the nasty shit you did to your wife last night and every other night this week. Right. You know, because that's mean. Like, it's, and you want to tell him because you were excited about yourself, but you got to remember that, like, you know, telling people how rich you are isn't always their favorite thing. Right. That's a good point. You know, Um, and so that's why situations like that, burlesque shows, this type of conversation, people, knowing people like you exist in the world, like, just for, future reference, you know, um, it's very comforting and, and, and happy for me. Like, like it makes me much more relaxed just automatically in general. I agree. So, and, and just as another follow-up, so you guys, um, I had sent you a release form that had the line about, you know, the optional submission of audio recordings. Are you guys willing to record yourself? And you could submit as many recordings as you like. You wouldn't have to limit yourself to one. But is that something you guys would be interested in participating in? Sure. Yeah. You know, after kind of perusing your stuff, um, definitely. Great. I'm, I'm so not self-conscious at this point. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just, I, I, like, I have a lot of questions about your project, and I don't know if they're appropriate to ask. Your- Thank you guys both so much for doing this and for being so open. And okay. you guys are lovely. I enjoyed this a great deal. And I really am looking forward to whatever audio submissions and or videos recordings <laughs> yeah. awesome. you'd like to submit. That's exciting. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brianna. It was really great. It was really great for us too. Yeah. Awesome. It was really fun. All right. Okay. So that was the end of what wound up being part one of our conversation. We did indeed stick around and record another part of the discussion that centered specifically around the project and, um, you know, the origin of it and what it's been like participating in it as personally as I have, um, as well as different opportunities for the two of them to participate in ways beyond recording interviews and recording sex, which um, since the recording of this interview, they they have recorded um, some anal sex that they've had and they have submitted that and that is on its way. Um, I'll probably be sharing that um, either in the same episode as the conversation that we had after what you just heard ended or um, as part of its own selection. I'm hoping that um, by that time, they'll have submitted a couple of other entries. Um, But yeah, it's just, I I got so much out of this conversation. It was so meaningful to me to, um, to reconnect with Brendan, uh, and speak with both of them and just really be able to enjoy such an open conversation with two people that so, um, so clearly share my, um, love of sex and the comfort around discussing it. Um, I just, I, I'm inspired by their relationship, um, and you know, the, the conversation was just very validating for me. I, I do, I've shared before, you know, <laughs> emotionally it's up and down doing this project. And, you know, sometimes I do think that I'm crazy. So it was, it meant a lot to, um, to have people get it as much as the two of them did. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping, you know, just hearing that conversation inspired you. I'm hoping once you hear the other submissions that uh, they've got going on in the works, those will inspire you as well. And until I share the quickie episode on Sunday, I hope you're well and take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.